0: There is better supply of fertilizer and it's more affordable as well than it was, but there still remain quite a bit of volatility in the market, which is leading to uncertainties into 2024.
1: Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, the podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're talking about fertilizer and how harvest could wilt without more supply at cheaper prices. Before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the two countries accounted for almost a third of global wheat exports. Russia is also a major exporter of fertilizers and of key ingredients, such as ammonia, that are used to make them. Earlier, UN-led deals with Ukraine and Russia on grain and fertiliser exports helped to reduce food prices and lessen the impact of the global cost-of-living crisis. But fertiliser remains expensive and in short supply, as high energy prices raise production costs. The UN is warning that without enough fertiliser, there may not be enough food. Joining me now to explain is Sangram Rane, who is part of the UN task team focused on tackling global food insecurity, an engineer by training. Sangram is an avid technologist who also enjoys playing and watching football. Great to have you on the show today, Sangram. Tell me, first off, why is fertilizer such an important topic right now?
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Well, fertilizers is extremely important today and it has always been important, but it has really come to the center of the global discourse on food security in the past two years. The conflict in Ukraine has resulted in global supply chain disruptions. And that is at a time when, you know, changing climatic conditions are also affecting farmers in certain regions. And so it becomes all the more important to have access to this input.
1: You mentioned Ukraine. So what impact has the war had on supply, demand, and prices of fertilizer, and how much has it really disrupted things?
0: So it had a huge impact. I mean, both Russia and Ukraine are key suppliers of grains and fertilizers to the global markets. And uh, with the outbreak of the war in Ukraine, the prices just skyrocketed uh, of grains as well as fertilizers. And uh, this was something that had not happened to the fertilizer market before. In fact, uh, if we just take as an example, the prices of urea in April and May 2022 went over $1,000 per metric ton, which was three times of what it was the year before. Mm. And that was like a huge shift. But we had the Istanbul agreements brokered by the UN, the Black Sea Initiative and the Russia UN Memorandum of Understanding, which really helped bring down the prices substantially because they both worked to unlock the flow of fertilizers and grain from these countries back into the global markets.
1: Well, unfortunately, those deals no longer exist. So how would you describe the situation today?
0: So those deals did help bring down the prices substantially. And then Although the Black Sea initiative is not in motion at the moment, the markets have largely globally adjusted. So I would say that the fertilizer markets have restored. There is better supply of fertilizer and it's more affordable as well than it was last year. But there still remain quite a bit of volatility in the market, Mm -hmm. which is leading to uncertainties into 2024. And so it is also helped because there is compensation in terms of uh, production capacity, which has increased in both uh, West Asia and East Asia, so sort of trying to compensate for the demand in the market. But while I say that, we have to be you know, a bit conscious of the fact because, yes, the Middle East is an important producer and exporter of fertilizers, but with the current ongoing Israel Gaza war, there's also a little bit of uncertainty there which would affect gas prices and oil prices which have a direct correlation with uh, fertilizer prices.
1: So obviously there are some areas still suffering. What regions are most at risk and what does that mean to the farmers there if they can't afford to get enough fertilizer?
0: At the global level, like I said, there are fertilizers uh, more available and affordable. But Mm. we do have clear signs from uh, certain countries, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, where the macroeconomic challenges faced by the countries, these are essentially high debt to GDP ratio, increased inflation, continuous uh, or like hyper devaluation of their currencies, uh, low forex reserves, which are making it... uh, almost impossible for nation states and governments to import or pay for the import of these fertilizers, thus not making them possible for local farmers to even buy in local currency. So that challenge is existing, but it is sort of something we have to closely monitor.
1: What does that mean for harvest then, if farmers don't either have enough fertilizer or don't have any fertilizer?
0: Yeah, so we would see harvests fall pretty rapidly. And and. For the farmer at the end of the day, it straight up means a loss of livelihood and also uh, increased food insecurity, not only for the farmers and the smallholder farmers, but also for the people and the populations who are dependent on them.
1: What does it look like for next year's harvest?
0: It is quite unpredictable. For example, if we take in the case of Ukraine, we see that fertilizer consumption has dropped substantially and it remains at low levels since mid-2022 or early 2022. And so the projections are for a lower volume of uh, production and export. And, and that could, for example, happening at multiple places, result in a bit of a shift in uh, how the food markets and grain markets might look in the near future. Right.
1: Now, we've just had COP28, the UN's climate summit in December. Obviously, the threat of climate change is not going away. What fertilizers require large amounts of energy to make, and what can be done to address this now and in the future?
0: That's really been also at the center of the focus of the fertilizer industry. The fertilizer production is an energy intensive process. Ammonia, for example, takes large amounts of energy uh, to be produced. And so There is a concerted effort both from governments, but also from the industry to innovate here. And this is where we are uh, moving away uh, or attempting to move away from the conventionally produced brown or gray uh, ammonia, which is essentially the color code for ammonia produced uh, directly from natural gas and coal, to more towards green and blue ammonia. Blue ammonia is basically the production uh, modality wherein uh, there is carbon capture at the end of the production process, and in green ammonia, there is sustainable uh, energy and water that is used for the complete production of this. And so that is this innovation in the production of ammonia is very critical, and uh, I think we have to also make sure that while we do this, this is done in a manner that is inclusive, so the green and blue ammonia is also accessible to smallholder mm. farmers.
1: And how far into the future is that?
0: It is, I would say, live. The investments are happening now. We have started the transition phase, so hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: great news good news to mm-hmm. end the podcast on well thank you so much that was unctad's sangram rane who was this week's guest tune into the weekly trade cast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development and there's even more on our website unctad.org. i'm sarah thomas in geneva goodbye for now